All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grit, Fitness, and Performance Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Chris Sanchez, and today I'm here with O'Shane. O'Shane, how's life? Uh, it's Friday, holiday, so... Nice. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do today, we're going to keep this one a little bit on the shorter side. So we're going to talk about troubleshooting the trap bar deadlift, specifically the trap bar deadlift. We're not going to talk about conventional or the sumo today. Um, and the trap bar, O'Shane, I'll let you kind of take this. Why is it that you prefer the trap bar deadlift for most of your clients when they come in? Uh, I think number one is uh, setup. Uh, number two, safety, which is for us is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three, I mean, you literally get the same results. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, yeah, I like the trap bar setup. Um, just because like what you said for the average person i think the risk versus reward ratio is totally in their favor so like when you talk about a conventional deadlift with the straight bar i think not a lot of people appreciate how much mobility and like technical know-how is required to actually perform the deadlift with that straight bar so like if you're just an average person you're 40 years old and you just want to get back into it and you pick up that straight bar and you need a lot of hip mobility you need a lot of core strength and stability to perform that without looking like you're rounding your back like terribly and it's just safer for most people um so let's talk about troubleshooting it um and what are some of the common issues that you typically run into when you see it so i'll let you start off first i figure we'll just go tit for tat we'll go one and one um so what's something that you see with the trap bar deadlift that is a common issue when you know your clients are performing the lift and then how do you go about actually fixing and correcting it uh probably one of the biggest things like rounding your back uh and like how i go about fixing that is like i'll use a combination of things so one i'll cue them if they can pull their shoulder like like your scapulas together if they can i'll probably normally give them like a band paper towel put them under their shoulder i'll teach them that if that's still like something that I see like all right you know they hold it for a second but when they start like the lift it kind of like rounds like one of the big things is like when they hold that is trying to teach them how to like like when you're grabbing that bar like turning your elbows inwards right kind of like lock like turn your lats on and try to tell them to, like that's the motion I want you to be squeezing that the whole time right and they'll notice like a big change like a lot of people who have like lower back issues with with do a deadlift like literally that change it's a game changer for them. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause like when you think about, I guess to the average person, they don't really know it, but the lats basically attach, you know, at your armpit onto your arm bone, they go all the way down into your low back. So when you can create that tension with your lats and learning how to keep those tight, it basically really helps safeguard that low back and kind of, you already touched on it, but like one of my go-to cues when I'm working with clients is I will tell them like really silly cues. I'll say you have an orange under your armpit, squeeze it and make juice. Or you have a stack of hundred dollar bills underneath your armpit and it's a windy day, squeeze it and don't let that money blow away in a breeze. And once people can get that squeeze, then they really learn to basically do the lift better and it's a lot safer and they feel a lot better as well. Um, yeah, so you, that's one of the things, obviously the backgrounding over is a big one. Um, I think one of the things that I realize a lot when people are doing their trap bar is during their initial setup, a lot of people either set up too low and they basically sit into like a deep squat 
or yeah, they'll true. set up basically too high. Um, and you, ha- you kind of have to find that middle ground a little bit. So like when people are setting up in that initial um, setup and they're down at the bottom and they're getting ready to perform that first rep, um, I like to tell them that you have to, you have to feel – that tension in your hamstrings at the bottom. So if you're sitting too low and it looks more like a squat, you're not going to feel that tension in the hamstrings. And basically your body is going to, you know, it's going to find a way to find that tension. And a lot of times what happens is your low back ends up taking a brunt of the load. So like the way I'll explain this to clients is imagine if you tied a chain to the trap bar and if you help, if you hold it too loose, the chain is, loose and there's not tension on that chain but if you pull the chain up it gets nice and rigid and there's a ton of tension on that chain now so when you go to initiate and actually do the lift now it's nice and smooth and there's no jerk you know um, because things are loose like your body is the same way your body is basically a series of links and if you think of it like you know a heavy duty chain it's the same way. So you need to find that right setup so that you find that tension in the hamstring so that your abs are braced um, and everything feels tight so that that first rep is nice and smooth when you actually go to lift off. Um, Now the only problem with that is everyone is a little bit different. So we can't have, everyone's gonna be in a different setup. So like for, you know, if you have super long limbs Right, and you have someone who is very short, their setups are gonna be a little bit different. The taller person is gonna have to sit into that actually more of a squat position just because their limbs are a lot longer. Where if you have someone who's 5'2", their setup might be a little bit higher. So the trick is just kind of finding where is your sweet spot in order to find that tension. So that's kind of one of the more common issues that I find. I mh- mean, that is true uh, in terms of like, Especially like taller people, like yeah. that's why we emphasize like especially the child bar. Mm-hmm. It is very awkward for them to do like conventional. Oh yeah, definitely. So, in terms of risk reward, but also like a, a great thing I like to use that helps with like finding that sweet spot is like after they learn how to lock their lats in, I always tell them like, all right, hands are locked in. Focus on like driving your knees into your hands. Mm-hmm. I think that normally like helps you to find your sweet spot of like up or down. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of it's just practice too, like repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, and um, even if for like taller people too, like we've done it here for the people who are like 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", you can actually elevate the trap bar too to be in a more advantageous position for That's you. True. So like you don't have to start from the ground. Like if it's super awkward and you're like sitting way too low and you're struggling, like don't be afraid to elevate the actual trap bar itself so you can find a better starting position so that the reps actually feel smoother and better um all right so we did rounded back we did initial setup position too low or too high um what's next for you are there any other big ones that kind of stand um, out for you for me i like to have everyone do it barefoot because okay. i think having a better connection on the floor and learning how to drive right off the floor mm-hmm. makes such a difference yes big time um I actually, when I explain to clients like why you want to do these things barefoot, I'll say to them, like, if you're wearing a big running shoe with like a real cushiony heel, it's essentially like you're standing on a mattress and you said, okay, like, go ahead and do the deadlift now. Like in order to actually put force down into the floor, you have to compress that super cushiony heel and you're not actually putting force into the floor. You're putting force into that cushion. So like you're not even lifting for the first 
whatever, like 10, 15% of the actual lift. So like actually doing it barefoot is going to help with that force production. And then not to mention, it's just going to help build up the strength in your feet, um, which is a, another topic that could be a podcast in and of itself that is for true. the most part. Um, all right. So aside from those, I, I, I just had one off the top of my head. Um, so one of the things I'll notice too is when people are doing their deadlifts is they have this old school belief that you have to like keep your neck like cranked up the whole time. So like when you go down, you look up and it basically just, you know, puts a ton of tension on their neck and on that kind of cervical spine. So like what I like to tell people, and this is usually one of the last cues that I'll work with because I think in terms of hierarchy of the importance, it's Agreed. probably one of the lesser important things. I'd rather your setup be good. I'd rather your low back position be good. But once you've got that down, I want to see you kind of maintain a tucked chin the whole time. I don't want to see your neck kind of like flopping up and down because like it, you know, it's not right. going to be a big deal initially, but once you move into the heavier weights and whatnot, where you're cranking and you're straining, you're pulling your neck back as you're doing that deadlift, then you might run into some issues. So like I'll tell people um, when they're doing their deadlift set up, like you're trying to hold a tennis ball between your chin and your neck or like you're trying to make a double chin and you're trying to take like a stupid selfie to send to your friend. Like that, those are kind of my go-to cues um, as far as head position. Oh, stepped on that. Um, so other than those, I think we went over four things. Do you have any? Yeah, another one I always kind of watch out for is like uh, sometimes you'll notice like when they're actually like about to do that lift, not allowing their butt to come up before they actually – right. Like, Slowing their butt to like rise mm -hmm. a little bit too fast than the rest of their body, so it's like understanding like how to get that asymmetric, like the whole body moving in one. Right. So you want to see like the chest and the hips rise kind of at an equal pace right. instead of when popping their butt up really fast and then the chest follows. Right. So I that's just that's something that you always got to watch out for to make sure like that's not an issue. Yeah. Now, is there anything you're saying specifically to cue them to not do that, or is it just so? Repetition? I think like so for me, it's. The two things, I, I, when they have that setup, it's like, all right, you're in that setup. I want you to feel that tension for about two to three seconds. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I always tell them, like, all right, maybe tr with that weight, try to focus on, like, you're slightly trying to, like, lean back into it. Right. Because I think, like, when you're tr almost like you're about to fall over, but you're not going to fall backwards. But mm -hmm. it's like when you're leaning back, then you have to, like, use your feet, use uh, your core. Right. Use the stability to, like, pull the bar up in a straight line. And you'll notice, like, a a better deadlift right and i've noticed for me a lot of times when that happens when a client will perform the lift and their hips will rise up first it's because their initial setup position wasn't how it should be they right. were sitting too low and then going back to that chain analogy the chain was loose so basically what happens when you go to initiate that lift and the hips pop up well now you've got tension in the hamstrings and now you've got tension throughout the body so now the force that you're applying down into the floor can actually go towards lifting up that weight. So like a lot of times when I see that, I'll just kind of go back and I'll say, all right, let's look at your setup position. Maybe you should be, maybe your hips should be up a little bit higher in that deadlift position. Um, honestly, one of my favorite cues to get people into a good position is to basically tell them, okay, imagine I want you to lift this bar half a millimeter off the ground and hold it there for five seconds. Like how would your body feel if you were doing that? Because if you're just hovering that bar you know, a tiny minuscule amount off the ground, you've got tension everywhere in the body. And then from that position, then you go, and then you actually do your lift and things look and feel 
a lot smoother. So I think that's that's worked for me in the past. Um, I don't know if you've ever done it or whatnot. Um, all right, but I do want to keep this on the shorter side. We're at the 12-minute mark. Is there anything that we did not touch on that you feel is important to talk about? Uh, I mean, I think the last thing just to finish it off is I think one of the things that I noticed is a lot of times we're doing deadlift and sometimes we want to keep going up with weight too fast. I yeah. think that's something that we should understand, like, threshold. Like, I think that's one of the big things for me, like, having clients understand threshold, right? Sometimes if I hit a new mark, sometimes I might need to spend a few weeks just getting better at that weight before I try to keep jumping up. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that applies for any and all exercises going forward, but specifically for the deadlift. Um, yeah, because if you jump too high and you're an egomaniac and you're a meathead and you bump it too much – you have more of a chance to lose that tension and put your back in a precarious situation. And you definitely don't want that. Um, now, obviously we can keep talking about this for an hour, but just for the sake of keeping this as a shorter podcast, we're going to end it there. Um, so this will probably be an ongoing series of troubleshooting exercises and probably just life in and of itself, nutrition and whatnot. So Shane will keep, uh, keep joining me. We'll keep the good stuff coming. So until then, see you guys next time.